Hellebach coming at you on the Peppered Podcast, where I bring season talk for food and beverage marketing and brand professionals. On this episode of the podcast, I'm speaking with Patrick Wells about online culture. Patrick is an award-winning copywriter and social media expert and the creative genius behind Moon Pie's incredible success on Twitter. If you haven't heard of Moon Pie, then you really need to listen to this podcast because you're clearly not up on online culture. First, Moon Pie is an iconic Southern brand, a graham cracker, marshmallow, chocolatey treat that you really need to experience. Patrick launched the Moon Pie brand into the national spotlight with his creative, disruptive approach to content. The Moon Pie brand soon went viral and has since become one of the premier, most beloved brands on Twitter. Through these efforts, Moon Pie has also received media attention from Forbes, USA Today, Adweek, and countless other publications along the way, with a huge spike in sales, which is awesome. In addition to the Moon Pie story, we'll be discussing how brands can create that coveted viral moment that everyone seems to be chasing. Uh, We're going to talk about what brands are doing wrong, what they're doing right in social media, and can social media really deliver an impact on sales? All this and much more. Let's get right to the show. All right. So, hey, Patrick, welcome to the Peppered Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to chat with you about online culture and Twitter in particular, which I know is a, is a is was one of your strong points. Um, you know, food and beverage brands, you know, are clamoring, you know, for years to to succeed on social media and connect with consumers in a meaningful way, you know, or better yet, have that golden viral moment, which I, I know you have been a part of, of many over the years. But, mm-hmm. you know, the reality is, is that, that, that most brands, you know, do a pretty crappy job on social media. I mean, their, their content is way too overbranded. They're, they're simply churning out content many times just related to their current campaigns and repurposing across multiple platforms like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, doing the same old, same old. Uh, it's, it's very brand-centric, very self-centered, you know, and they forget, in my opinion, who the hero of the story is and it's the consumers, not them. So, so let's let's kick things off by by talking a bit about online culture and why so many brands struggle to be relevant in this space. Um, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, it's uh, things have definitely changed. Just I mean, in the past couple of years, I, I've noticed, and I think one big thing is that. I mean, every, every company is a media company now, like whether you want to state it or not. I mean, because now I don't think content necessarily has to line up with a specific sales goal. You really just have to entertain and, and find something that, you know, connects with, with people most part, more so than just, you know, I try to, I try to refer them as people instead of consumers. Cause at the end of the day, they're not like, like numbers and they're just like you and me and like what we look for on social media or entertainment from anywhere, uh, is different. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, uh, what is it called? Brand salience. And I just, how do people feel about my brand when I'm put into like a buying situation and how all those moments of like touch points that have people have like talked with my brand or, um, anything like online up to that point, right until it gets real, right until it gets to the moment of like, okay, I have to either purchase this product or not. Was, was I funny? Was I worthwhile? Was it, you know, interesting? 
I think that's kind of where we're at. It's so weird. It's like how 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 to connect with consumers like you would a friend or anybody else on social media where they they almost feel like, you know, like like you're obliged to a friendship and you want to cultivate that friendship, you know, consumers will ultimately want to say, "Hey, you know what? I love this brand. I'm connected with this brand. You know, either I'm going to continue to buy it or be more loyal to it, or I'm going to buy it for the first time. It kind of goes to that level, right? Oh, hundred percent. And I, I mean, to me, it's just, you have to be like so aware of what's going on around you. And especially, you know, like reading the room and understanding that, you know, no one really asked for a brand to jump in on a conversation. It's like three friends are having a, a talk or something. And then all of a sudden, like the Kool-Aid man charges into the room and says, like, I have an opinion about this. It's such a weird time that we live in that that is now like a, you know, a common thing. Like, it's it just it wasn't a thing 10 years ago. And I think people are just now coming like grips with it. Yeah, agree. Agreed 100 percent. So, so, Patrick, you were you were kind of the creative genius behind the, the, the phenomenal success of, of of, of Moon Pie, you know, on Twitter. And I know Moon Pie is really one of the most beloved brands on Twitter. It just is. I mean, people who yeah. are into Twitter, brands that are on Twitter, they always reference Moon Pie. And I'd, and I'd love to hear some of the story behind Moon Pie and why, why you think it resonated so strongly with consumers. Yeah. Um, I mean, just to give a little backstory, um, I was approached by the, you know, the person in charge of our, my agency at the time and, and said that, Hey, we're going to go down there and we're going to pitch moon pie. And they, uh, apparently, uh, had pitched moon pie like 40 years ago. Like the owner of the agency was his dad's pitch moon pie. And they didn't well, maybe get, he had some of the, like the, uh, the old hand sketched boards they went in and pitched <laughs> with. So. Exactly. They, they went down there pitched it and, and they didn't get it. And so they, they had a chance to do it again. They want to do something weird and fun. And they'd already done some sort of like, you know, digital and website work with them that's saying like, hey, it's out of this world. Um, they redone their website, made it a lot more friendly. And so, we, hey, we wanted a social media message to go along with it. And so they kind of turned over the reins and we, we pitched them some stuff and I really liked it and so said, yes, we'll, we'll make it. And so it kind of started off in this weird kind of like get to know you phase. And I think that's what, you know, that... I thankful I look back is, you know, the, these clients had to be incredibly trustworthy to do what we, <laughs> what we, what we did. But yeah, it was kind of this rapport of just going back and forth and saying like, what are we? Are we, um, are we wholesome? Are we Southern? Are we like, you know, historic kind of all these things that Moon Pie really is. But we kind of leaned on this like one like pillar of our thing that gave us a lot of permission to do crazy things. And that was, uh, out of this world. And this really referencing to like space and, you know, the double meaning of, of that phrase. And so we really just jumped on that and we had, we had moon pie for like a year. We made videos and weird content, kind of that run of the mill stuff you'd see now with, you know, you Photoshop moon pies on people's heads and it's, you think it's silly. And, um, and we did that for like a year and no one really like caught on, I guess they didn't, we didn't really have much of a, a budget to go on. We kind of had just creativity and, um, and then finally we kind of, this, this voice had to be cultivated for all that time and then finally kind of just like paid off in like one moment and then we kind of like took that and ran i want to circle back just for a second i mean one of the things that you said that you started to build up this trust with the client and i think that that is so key in 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 really developing great content because when when you have to be so structured in your in your content curation where you know every last post is getting approved and every response is getting approved and all has to kind of go through this hierarchy 
it just dies. I mean, not only is the lifespan, you know, of a tweet, you know, so short these days, but to get that genuine, authentic, responsive content out there, you have to have that trust in your in your brand partner, where they allow you, where they know that they under, you understand the voice, you are the voice, and you, and, and they have that trust in you to put that content out there. Yeah, it, it, that that was key too. And I mean, credit to Moonpies, you know, just being the people that they are, were you know, incredibly nice, incredibly like welcoming to new ideas, and, and incredibly because we had gotten to a point where we were, you know, we were doing content calendars like we did for all of our clients back at that agency, and um, so we're going to say this thing on this day. And I kind of noticed that like my responses that were a little bit more off the cuff and that weren't necessarily like planned out were doing a lot better. And I eventually had gotten to the point i mean this is eight months in and we'd seen success we'd seen like you know better numbers and more people engaging with the brand but at that point i was like hey like what if we we've been doing this for a while do you think i could maybe just go a little bit more off the cuff than what we've been doing and so each day was a little less unplanned and i was able to you know you can speak to inside jokes that were happening that day or something that was you didn't have necessarily like the maneuverability to like, you know, approve stuff. I would just say, Hey, like, do you, do you trust me? It was really that kind of moment. And they're like, yeah, you've been doing this for a while. Let's, let's, let's go ahead and just see what, what, what can happen. I mean, obviously there's, there's guardrails. You can't, you know, <laughs> be too crazy, but, um, it, it took off. It just is insane. I think that is a huge, huge part of success. And I think, honestly, I think it's why one of the reasons why, so many brands, so many food brands don't see that level of success on social media is because they're so structured and because everything has to kind of go through this protocol of approval. And they're so afraid to, to let people go with it. But really, it comes down to, you know, you really knew your community, right? I mean, you build a community and you really knew the community and what they're going to respond to. Is that is that part of it? I, I think it, it was. I, I... I hesitate to say that too much because I know that when we had our first big like viral moment, we got a lot of, of followers that were here for that moment. Like for instance, when we had that large, um, quote tweet that got over like, you know, half a million likes and, and, and retweets, we gained a big following that just from that. And so you kind of understand that people came to moon pie because they wanted more of that. They wanted more, sass that they wanted more absurdism and so you kind of build we kind of built the following based on the content that we chose to put out more so than necessarily like what because i realized that back in the day maybe the stuff didn't work as well as because we had you know an older twitter audience that was used to just seeing normal moon pie stuff and that or just wasn't that active to begin with and so we really kind of had to start cultivating what content we wanted to make and then people kind of flocked to it so you kind of built your strategy based on how people were responding and, and, and what, what they seemed to like? Yeah, it was definitely like a, a, an experimental phase for quite a while. I mean, obviously, like you can't – we weren't going to dive deep into the science of every single post. But, you know, if a, if a funny tweet had done better, we're going to do more funny stuff. Or people that said, hey, there's, you know, there's more tradition or, or you know, southern hospitality or, or humor, it would do, or do, <laughs> do the same amount of good and we were going to do more of that. Yeah. yeah, it's great how people just love to like overanalyze things. It's like, oh, well, you know, we used, you know, this this word and this phrase and this tone. Let's do that again and see if we get the greatest response still. And it just you're right. It just doesn't always work like that. Yeah. So let's let's keep going with that that whole 
viral piece? I mean, I know Moon Pie has gone viral many, many times over the year. And, you know, the question that, that, that I'm sure you kept asking yourself and they kept asking themselves is, hmm, you know, how can we top what we just did? You know, it's difficult, you know, when the bar just keeps getting set higher and higher, you know, how do you, how do you keep it going? I mean, did you guys struggle with that at all? Or did you just kind of keep pushing forward with, you know, what you felt was great content that was fitting, you know, fitting your audience and your community? I I think it was honestly, like, we took a, like a little hard, deep look at ourselves and we really had some really good content out, you know, like when we first had the really good tweet and we kind of, I would spend, you know, two to three hours a day just like sitting around, like thinking of like a single tweet that you could put out because there was a lot more eyes on it. But we kind of knew that, um, you know, we never might reach a insane, insanely viral tweet, which we never beat that last one or the very first one. Um, but we knew that more people would come and would be there for that kind of absurdism content. So the more that you did, the more people would retweet it and more of their fans would see it. And so if people kind of like the same thing, especially on Twitter with groups of people liking, you know, it's very, it's very, very clicky in that sense, but you know, the more we did, the, the more it worked. So, <laughs> So, so talk kind of in real time. I mean, what do you, I mean, what do you think is next for them? I mean, is it, you know, you know, still going on Twitter and changing things up? Do you think it's a shift, you know, in focus on, on various platforms? I mean, where, where do you think they go next as a brand to keep, you know, keep the engagement, keep the excitement, keep it growing really with the, with the results of, of success, which ultimately ends up with people buying more more product. What, what's next for them, do you think? That's a, that's a really great question. I think that, you know, for the most part, we really don't know. I mean, it's, it's really because there's really no content calendar for them, I don't think. And so it's this notion of like figuring out what, you know, what hits and, and what doesn't. And, you know, obviously there's being proactive stuff. Like you saw, like in the Super Bowl, we kind of, they made those, uh, those spots that were outrageous and those took some planning and whatnot, but, um, they were hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) Um, we wrote those like a year ago. It's so funny. Yeah. I mean, Uh, that's a great example of creativity is just kind of out of the box. I mean, it's just different than than the stuff you see out there that major brands are doing. Yeah. And it's kind of finding these like singular moments to be like, okay, where are we like most relevant? Like, where's the most people going to see us and like see a single tweet or see a single moment and be like, oh yeah, like that makes sense for moon pie. Like they're very credible in that sense. They're funny. And it has to do with like the moon or it has to do with something. And we'll ride it for as far as they can go. I'm pretty sure. I, I think it's, it's, it's one question that it's tough to look at and see. Cause I think no one would have predicted that like three years ago and, you know, same for Wendy's and, it's it's really kind of like riding the internet wave. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, no, that, that's I mean that's 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 right on point. I mean you keep you know you keep going after it and keep doing it until it stops working and then and then you make shifts shifts accordingly. So that's 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 a good transition. You know, to I mean not that we want to move away from Moon Pie, but give me a little history on Twitter and, and, and why it's become so relative, especially to to food brands. And and you just mentioned Wendy's. Maybe just touch a little bit on Wendy's approach and their and their viral moments that they just continue to have as well. Yeah, I think that I think Wendy's was kind of a you know a victim of like the same success where they um, were doing something for a while. I mean, they were doing that snarky voice for a while before they blew up for that one like refrigerator tweet that they had. It was just a commitment to the 
to not a joke, but it was a commitment to a voice and it was commitment to being credible. And so like when you saw it for the first time, you would have been like, Hey, like they're doing something new. But in fact, they had just done something continuously and then waited for the right moment and it just got picked up and it exploded. And then they went and like totally ran with it. They were like, we're, we've been doing this kind of like under the radar for a while. Now that people can see us, we're going to go, we're going to blow this out. And, and that's what they did. And I think that's, um, and that's cool. I, I think obviously there's a difference between doing it right and, and brands that stand out, but I don't know. It's so insane. And like to, to, to think about <laughs> the idea of just Wendy sitting around like, you know, with their, with their highly curated team and, and being like the voice of, of the internet. Yeah. yeah that, 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 that really amazes me when you see some of the tweets and, and content that they come up with and, and to think to yourself, you know, this is, you know, this is a mega, mega company and, and yeah. they put out some crazy stuff that just works. Yeah. And kudos to them for really like, you know, finding other moments to take advantage of. Like it's not just tweets. I mean, you put out an entire rap album, you work with like Interpol to like pull it all together and you win, like, you know, they won like a can lion for it. It's, it's just little things that go along with that Twitter ecosystem and really just putting like a spin on it, making it cool and unique. And they've, you know, they're a great brand, Wendy's. Is, and, they, and they've done a lot, in, in my opinion, in the social media community, even just working with and connecting with, with other brands. I mean, I know you had interaction with them at Moon Pie, and I know we did with the Stakem account. I mean, they're, they're one of the reasons that kind of propelled the Stakem account to that, 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 that Twitter, you know, high-level notoriety is, is, is recognition from, from Wendy's. And, you know, that stuff doesn't happen by accident. They're not, they're not sitting there and saying, ah, oh, you, know, you, know, you know, let's just go after these guys. I mean, they know the ramifications of a mention. You know, when they mention another brand or go after another brand, I mean, they know what they're doing. And there's kind of that, to me, is that, 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 that community amongst brands even that's, that's behind the scenes that, that, that consumers don't even really, really see. And I think that's uh, super cool. No, 100%. And it's, it's so funny to see, like, brands grow out of that. And I think that, you know, I mean, great marketing is going to attract copycats and they're going to attract, you know, attention and, uh, maybe even like bad versions of themselves. And yeah, it's fascinating. <laughs> so who, who, in your opinion, I mean, Wendy's obviously they're a behemoth and they're, they're just awesome on social media in general, but who are some other food or beverage brands that you really think are, are hitting it out of the park on Twitter or even just across uh, other platforms in social media? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Man, they're, it's so, it's so funny because when I think of like really brands that provide a lot of like value and, and stuff, like I, I think of like little things, like one of my favorite Twitter accounts that I follow that is, is just called kicks deals. And all it is, it's just like a company and all they do out is just like tweet deals that like shoe companies are having all the time. And I will never, I will never like, I will never retweet one of their tweets. Um, uh, but I follow it like, like crazy, just like looking for value. So I think it has its own some sense, but when it comes to like really good content. I mean, I think pop darts has done a good job of having like a different brand voice. There's some snark there and they have their own personality. I don't know. There's, you, you see like some Hot kind Pockets of some has, done, has done a decent job on Twitter. Yeah. They're like, they've really leaned into just kind of being that weird thing that no one really knows. Cause it, I, I think that hot pockets got like, it's got like a bad rap for a while. You know, they're this frozen food that no one really uh, cared about. And then now they've kind of leaned into this like stoner, 
personality and, and they're dedicated with it. You see it kind of like pay off in, in some senses where it's like, Oh, it makes sense. Like when they like the IHOP thing went out and they tweeted like hob hob pockets or yeah. something. It's like this little mindless piece that everyone can like be like, that's, that's funny. And I think a lot of, you know, millennial sense of humor now is like, you know, it's, it's funny, but you don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they, and they own it too. They, they they own it that they're kind of this obscure, kind of weird, weird brand. They don't they don't try to 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 jump into that. You know, hey, we're this you know this great new innovative. We're you know better for you. I mean, they own who they are, and and I think that people love that too on Twitter and social media. Yeah, I think obviously like the big media companies have done a really good job and you know providing value first of all because they have to inform about, you know, their entertainment stuff like, you know, whether it's like a Netflix or a Hulu or HBO, like all they've they've kind of all developed like personalities now and 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 styles and I think that's you you have no idea what it's going to be necessarily, but it's their work has like, you know, been been top notch and they have, you know, the money and the resources to to do it and make it really great. There's, there's all different kinds. I mean, I, I follow like one of the better brands I think on too is uh, like on Instagram is like the the letter folk people. They're um, they're not food or beverage, but they're like those little signs where you could like put in like letters and stuff and make just like make your own signs. And um, they've done a great job of like making their own like you know words and curation and, and making them feel like a like that you need to have it and and putting your own personal twist on things. And I don't know, it's. It's not food, but it's yeah, it, yeah, no, it's it, cool. It's good content, yeah. yeah, yeah. So how how, in your opinion, has the landscape of Twitter changed over the past year or so? I mean, I know that it's it's such a rapidly changing and evolving platform, but what 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 do you think ha- has changed, and where do you see Twitter um, Twitter going? Man, first of all, it's so crazy to think that how like they they just the other day like put out their like user base numbers. Like for a while, no one really knew how many people were on Twitter, and they actually have like was it like forty million less daily active users than Snapchat. And so it's like so easy to think that the whole world is on Twitter and it represents like everything about you know every personality, but it's it's so small still. It's only one hundred twenty million people that are on there, and the whole world. And it's easy to get lost in that bubble, but I mean it's such a crazy place. It's like in some place it's like a reprieve where people can go with the flow and, and tell random jokes and, or it's, it's like a digital UN where like people decide what's good and and what's bad. And it's, if it's bad, then it has to be changed. It's like the court of public opinion in Twitter is like, is, is insane. It doesn't really matter what industry it's in. It's like, if you're having, you know, a bad day on Twitter, (laughs) you're going to have a bad day. Like, you know, in sales, it's going to be, it's going to affect everything. And it's just like, just this weird, this weird aura. It just goes. I mean, and that's, that's the thing about, about Twitter when, you know, one of the current issues that, that, that I'm sure you've been on top over the past few weeks was, you know, this backlash with the, with the Sunny D's now infamous tweet, you know, I can't do this. And, and this, yeah. it's been, it's impacted, you know, a ton of brands who really have kind of taken on this, that this persona that you were just, that you were just talking about. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, I mean, their tweet was, you know, in context talking about the game, but I, you know, obviously kind of spiraled out when it went out. But I mean, I, I, I think that, you know, 
it's it's incredibly hard one to be a social media manager these days. I think it's it's not just some kid that's pulling out. It's I mean, you can't just be funny or you can't just be interesting. You have to like be funny and not be offensive and not be boring and still have, you know, be up to date with like memes and trends and still have a brand voice and still try to sell your product at the same time. Like it's not easy. It's it's incredibly hard and I, you know, credit to, you know, that person from Sunny D to to keep going, but I I, I think I don't know. I, for me, instantly, I, I think that one of the big problems is that these big accounts like you know Wendy's or a Moon Pie um, or Denny's back in the day is are those copycat brands who definitely you know they they'll seem inauthentic when they try to pull off the same personality, or you see kind of in the case of Sunny D where they'll like go off you know go in a totally different direction. Which not to say that their whole personality is a totally different direction, but it's. It, it, they went off. It, it, according to everybody else, it, it been that they did something that was totally new, and that was really leaning into this like you know little depression era stuff that people were talking about. And it, it's interesting. I think we're, you're either going to see a lot of brands either take a step back and really think about okay, like what messages are we really saying? Because I think everyone's kind of been tiptoeing around the not mental health issues, but they've been tiptoeing around like you know what people find interesting or find it funny. And you see a lot of those, you know, types of humor revolve around, um, mental health. And I think they've been kind of, we're going to, I'm sure a lot of brands are going to take a step back and, and reevaluate, is this really worth, you know, diving into? I mean, I guess my, you know, my first thought, you know, when I saw this thing rolling out and how it was evolving is really, you know, my trepidation, you know, when, when the stake first started taking off and really going big was, you know, the reward was just huge, but then you also step back and and say that the risk is huge too. That 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 you have that whole risk reward, and and there have been ups and downs, you know, of of, of things that, that 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 people tweeted, and I think this is a good example of, you know, perhaps the the social media manager meant it in the way, like you said, just referring to the to the Super Bowl, but then all of a sudden, boom, it got just blown way out of context. And then how do you reel that back in? Well, you don't. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredibly challenging. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see kind of their next steps and how they evolve. I think, you know, when a lot of brands have their first viral moment, it's from like resulting from their own tweet that they actually like keep the tweet up. Uh, they keep going with it. It's, it, it becomes a part of their either personality or it becomes a part of something, but I, I have no idea what's going to happen. It'd be, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I think that they're, if they're, if they're smart, they'd probably take a little step back and kind of evaluate, but I have no idea, especially since the outcry was either. And I think it's so funny because like the outcry was definitely like a bad thing like it was people were saying hey this is you know normalizing the issue but um i think a lot of people that like liked or retweeted it was just they thought it was they was funny they were like there for the the fun part of it yeah i would agree with that that's that's a good segue into you know discussing how 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 some brands you know have adopted this stand culture they're calling in their social media communications Talk a little bit about about that and what your thoughts are in it and where you think it might be going because I think the the Sunny D is a gr- is is a great example of that. When you say stand culture, do you mean like like the fanship of things or is it like kind of that that whole 
um, first person, the eye, the kind of uh, acting, the acting more like a like a person than a brand, which you're, which I think you guys, you know, the moon pie was really kind of on the cutting edge of that, and I think the Steakum too kind of was was a fast follower in that, you know, being. Being more genuine, feeling more genuine, referring to yourself as as a brand, as a person, really the the, the human aspect of that, which is 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 something that 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 really has has resonated. But then you, you look at that Sunny D piece, and that's a blowback of okay, is this getting a little too personal? Yeah, I mean, I think personally, like it, it's a huge difference. Like if you saw the tweet and it said you know, we can't take it anymore versus I can't take it anymore. Like it's a totally different thing. It's like not like it's, it's all about choosing like your words and, and knowing that we kind of drifted away from this, like we collective. And I don't know. I, I understand. Like I'm not hundred percent sure of the etymology of, of Stan culture. I think it comes from, is it from that Eminem song, the Stan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's like that in itself is, you know, it's an extreme fan that borders on, you know, dangerous activity for the most part. But I don't know. I, I, I like the idea that, you know, you know, brands can define themselves on, on what they like and, and, you know, and what they're what they're attracted to. I don't think necessarily like, you know, pronouns are you know, a bad thing. I just think that they can get you like in trouble and from certain angles. And you kind of saw it there. But I mean, at the end of the day, it, it, it's very like retweet and quote tweet friendly. You know, it's this notion of like it's, it's possessive. So if someone retweets it and they say I, well, it's like now I becomes me. Like I'm saying this um, because I just put your voice on my page. And so it's there, there's some friendliness when it comes to actually like engaging with it, I think, um, especially when it's kind of like that whole meme culture of like when you do this or when you do this. And I mean, I is just another, you know, version of that, I think. Yeah. I mean, I my my personal opinion and what I have seen is that, you know, people relate to people and people rarely relate to brands. And I think that, that so many of these brands that have kind of moved in this direction of kind of humanizing their brand, people love it. I mean, they know, they know that when they're talking to a moon pie or a Steakum or a Wendy's that they're not really talking to the brand. They know that they're talking to a person behind the, behind the scenes. And I think that that connectivity, that, that humanization is something that, that a lot of brands really lack. And I think when done right, it can take your brand to the next level with, uh, with consumers. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's obviously dependent on your scenario too. I mean, if you're an airline or something, I don't know a lot of airlines will do it. Well, they'll tweet out saying we, this, we, that, and then they'll sign off with like the person's name that's answering it. So they know it's a person. It's not just some mach- like void. But these are usually institutions that, you know, have a lot of customer service issues, um, especially, you know, even from like a fast food era. I don't think Wendy's does the I and whatnot just because they have, you know, a lot of they, they deal with customers. They deal with customer service issues. And so I think the last thing I'd want to be hearing is like, you know, some person saying I this and I that if there was like a problem with my food or a problem with my flight. Um, it, it's it's all about who you want to like, you know, obviously you can talk about the, the best connections where it's a good interaction, but you know, the worst ones are the ones you have to pay attention to too. Yep. yep. Good point. Good point. So shifting gears just a little bit, you know, one of the things that I love about, about social media and the various platforms, you know, like Twitter and Facebook and all these is that it really has leveled the playing field for small brands, um, to compete and really make an impact against larger, larger brands. Whereas, you know, back in, you know, back in the day, you know, you you had to have 
big bucks to 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 get your story out there, to get your voice heard in in out there amongst the bigger brands and get consumers aware of what you're doing and how you're doing it. And social media has really kind of leveled that out a little bit where where we're smaller brands with small budgets. And even if even if you're not putting great examples on 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 Twitter is how some of these brands just from an organic perspective have been able to build huge audience and get get an incredible reach and impressions with with just organic content. And I think that that is a, a great leveler for for brands what are, what are your thoughts on this I, I think it's i think it's interesting i know that you know there are so many advertisers on social media like i think how many there's like seven million people that spend money on you know facebook and instagram and, and twitter or there's some crazy number um there's a lot of people talking to you and so i think it's funny like the, the small brands that you see may not be the small brands that i see i know i get a lot of stuff in my feed of things that matter to me and, and you might see things that things matter to you um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it, there's definitely a lot of clutter, but if, if you can do something that's totally unique or totally like something outlandish that, that just makes sense for you, whether it's for your namesake, like whether it's a, a, talking about the moon from moon pie or something that makes sense, you know, that that's, that's different than, I don't know. I, I think the big success point that we had, or even like, because moon pie didn't have a lot of money either was. Um, the notion that you, like, you probably have heard that name. They had like a lot of clout for a while. Like you had heard the word, even if you didn't really know what a moon pie was, like you knew, like you had heard that word before, like, Oh, that's a thing that exists. And I think that was a huge benefit, you know, a benefit that, that happened for us. But if you're like a brand new, you know, type of snack cake or some sort of weird organic, um, you know, smoothie thing or something like you're going to have a, you know, a much tougher time and you really have to find the audience that, that matches, you know, the things that you need and maybe, um, you know, organic is going to be harder and harder to come by. And I think, you know, one of the things that I've seen with, with smaller brands <laughs> is when they have a great story, you know, whether it's a story about, the, the, the person that started the company, whether it's a story about the uniqueness of their products or possibly the origin where, where they're, they're, they're getting things to make their product. People like, like cool stories that feel natural and authentic, and you can really build a brand around that and, and get to people that that story that they really care about, that, that it resonates with them. It's so easy to find people now that can relate to your story. And I think that's a big difference too, between, you know, the era of, you know, where big brands were just, you know, dictating the narrative that's out there. There really now is, is a community of people that, that don't necessarily want to be dictated to, but they want to be part of, of something. What, where where do you see the role of um, online content creators going w- within the next few years? I mean, it's it's an area that that has evolved. Look, I'm an old I'm an old fart <laughs> in this business. I've been around for you know I'm, I'm 55, and you know when I was going to school for this, you know they didn't even really have computers. So you know the the evolution that I've seen in this business is incredible. And even over the past five years, I mean we didn't. We didn't have community management people at the agency five five years ago. Right. So, where, where do you see that that going in the next few years and evolving and changing? Yeah, I mean, as far as like, I mean, online content creators, I, I there's just like a whole generation up there that has their own version of like what 
you know, what content they're looking for. And it's so funny to me because there's all, there's this whole like generation that's like slightly younger than me. I guess you can call them Gen Z, but social media was a thing when they were younger. They just like weren't allowed to have it and they weren't allowed to have Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, but they, they were allowed to have YouTube. And so there's this whole generation of like YouTube stars and creators that just kind of like, they're this whole niche thing of where they, they found and raised up their own people. And, and I think people that, you know, continue to utilize those platforms well, like, like YouTube, for instance, like you kind of see stars that are born out of there. Like, just like you saw stars that were born in a vine and had to go elsewhere. Like, you know, they're on Twitter now or Instagram or wherever, like the, the cultivation point for these creators are, are is, is boundless now. It, it's insane. Even like you look at TikTok now, just like the unlimited potential that that kind of has and those kind of followings is, is wild. But I mean, as far as like the type of influencers, I mean, there's this like whole new wave to me that's fascinating. That's either like you're either this crazy mega influencer, like you're you're a former world leader like in Obama who signs this crazy partnership with like Netflix that never would have happened a long time ago, or you're someone with like a like a nano influencer, or a nano creator that has like a thousand followers, and you're given like a product and you and you have to have influence or or you have like influence over your people. I don't know. It, it's there's a lot of doors open right now, and I think that if you can utilize, you know platform well that you can the community will accept you <laughs> what what kind of twists and turns do you see coming up in 2019 or 2020 in the in 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 the in the social landscape i don't know maybe this is the year that linkedin comes and just saves the world you know <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm a big linkedin fan i mean I, oh, it's- i've i've become um you know, I really have gotten into it over the last few years and, and, and really, you know, putting out a lot of content, you know, about the agency and about our expertise and really trying to kind of help people, you know, and giving yeah. them information. And I've, I've really become a big fan of LinkedIn. Oh, no, it's great. I, I check it every day. I don't know. I, I think that hopefully in a lot of sense that you'll see a lot of, you know, brands, you know, trying to make the world at least a little bit better place. I know, advertising is, you know, a, you know, a very weak way of like changing the world, but, you know, in large amounts, I think brands can help influence the way we talk about certain things and do certain things. Like you, you saw kind of like Gillette touch on this with like their big video and, and this, they kind of said everything at once. And, but it, the more that brands are willing to do that kind of work and the more that actually do do it, I think the bigger impact they can make. And I think, that's where people will take a big step forward. I think, I don't know if it'll be 2019, but it'll definitely be in the coming years. I think if you look from a smaller case, you could look at, I don't know, I think Cheerios is doing some of that stuff right now. And if you go to their social, it's very goodwill focused and wholesome and, and paying it forward, but like in, in very unique ways, not just things that, you know, just doesn't sound credible coming from, from, from their brand. And in a sense, I guess that it's a lot like giving. I, I think you'll, you'll see people you know, give a lot more, like, or a lot, brands will give a lot more instead of just asking for things, asking for engagement, asking for pictures, because they know, you know, followers flock to them if they're, if they're given something. And, you know, right now it's, you know, if you're giving me like a really entertaining tweet, but what, what more can fans get out of this experience? I don't know. No, that's great, great thought. You know, I'm, I'm constantly challenging my social media content team and, and, and asking them, you know, ask yourselves, you know, as you're putting out work, you know, 
you know, am I providing value to yeah. to my community? Um, you know, would I be would I be willing to like this or comment this or better yet, share it? You know, is it funny? Like you touched on that a couple times. You know, can I give somebody a laugh today? Because that's, I mean, you know, when you could put out something that just some that makes somebody laugh and makes their day just a little bit better, that's awesome. You know, am I providing something new or innovative for for my community or audience? Um, you know, am I being creative or helpful to them? You know, social, I say it all the time. I mean, social content isn't rocket science, but, but there is somewhat of a science to it. And when you step back and say, you know, you know, how would I respond personally to something like that? I think it's a big step forward for content and it takes so much away from that being 100% self-serving to, you know, what can I give? Even if it's just, you know, someone feeling a little bit better about themselves, uh, it, it goes, it goes a long way. No, I a hundred percent agree. And it's hard to measure that sometimes, especially as if you put it out to the world and like, does it doesn't get as much engagement as you thought it did? Like, it, how do you really measure that? And, and I don't know, I think maybe in the future there'll be tools to do that, but, um, you really kind of have to hope for the best and just judge it based on the people that do interact with you. Yeah. Yeah. Patrick, thanks. Um, thanks so much for coming on the show. I mean, it's, it's been awesome having you. I mean, you have some great insights, you know, into, you know, social media and Twitter, Twitter, especially, I mean, these things are evolving for, for, for my audience and, 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 and clients of ours. And I know this kind of, this kind of talk is, is, is super encouraging to me to, to get, new stuff out there for people to say, okay, hey, there's a different approach that I can take in this. I appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's yep. been good. This is Jamie Allabach, and you've been listening to the Peppered Podcast, where I bring season talk for food and beverage marketing and brand professionals. Let's grow your brand together. <laughs>